When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's good, everybody? Like a co-payment at the hospital you didn't know you had to make, Beneath the Frozen Sea returns as per usual. That's right, you are listening to the Davy Jones, a locker room.com podcast hosted by myself, Sky, as we cover the Seattle Kraken, one of the most beaten up teams in the NHL, and we'll start there. Ever since the Columbus game, the Kraken have been losing players left and right. It obviously started with Matty, and that stunk. It was a good move on Vince Dunn's part to jump on Cole Sillinger for his indiscretions. And then a bug that just sort of rampaged across the team took player after player after player, Vince Dunn, Adam Larson, Jordan Eberle. It just got rough. And to top it all off, in the Edmonton game, they lost Yanni Gord, thanks to him charging Matias Ekholm and him receiving a two-game suspension for it. It should not surprise you then that this not only snapped the winning streak, it has set them on another losing streak which leaves them at four games dropped in regulation and looking further and further up at the second wildcard spot. I would be infinitely less concerned if they hadn't run into four teams that seemed tailor-made to take a team that is struggling as hard as the Kraken are and bend them over their knee. Especially since after the win streak ended, they were still not in a playoff spot or at the very least not comfortably in one. So now they're tied up with Arizona and Calgary at 47 points, and they need at least five points coming into their next few games to either match or even surpass the LA Kings, who are having an absolutely horrific time in this early 2024 part of the season. So yeah, it's rough out here. And frankly, I don't really know what you do here other than just kind of shuffle lines and see what happens. I mean, Vinny Dunn will be back eventually, he's only day-to-day, -day, so bare minimum, you can find some scoring on your back end. That's huge. And after the game against Chicago, Yanni Gord will be back in the lineup, and given how good that line has been, that Gord line with Bjorkstrand and Tolvanen, I think you could potentially promote them to the first line and just kind of ride it out until the All-Star break. And I know how insane that sounds. My rebuttal is... What better option do they have? You've lost Matty, so that's a gigantic blow to your center depth. That's just a start. And Haxtell seems to be just trying whatever, as he made abundantly clear he is not going to show familiar lines from here until he gets some players back. It's abundantly clear that they're going to stick with John Hayden as opposed to, you know, dipping into the pool of Coachella too much. So what can they do other than spin lines and hope something sticks? I mean, after all, of all the lines that have played over the past couple of months, it's looking increasingly like the Gord line is the real engine of the offense. It's the real mover and shaker. 
they get the puck into the offensive zone more often than pretty much all three of the other lines. If you know that there is one line that's at least working, you might as well use it. Especially since once you get out of that Chicago game, which I can't overstate how much I am expecting the Kraken to win even with their injuries, the Blackhawks are just that bad. You have got some real tests ahead of you, not the least of which is can you still beat the Sharks, which is a great litmus test, but you've got a slightly better St. Louis that you need to take care of. Oh yeah, and a revenge game against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Even if they had gone half and half on wins through the second half of this road trip, I would be way more open to experimentation. I would be sitting here going, well, that stinks, but hey, we can call up Shane Wright and we can call up X, Y, and Z. We can call up half of Coachella's centers and see what we got. But right now, given that they currently need those points to get back into the sniffing range of playoff contention, just use what works. I don't care what the other lines are doing. Once Yanni's back from his suspension, that line needs to be reunited and they need to play top minutes. Theoretically, one could argue that their lower minute count is what's made them so good, but I think that if you know that it is an impactful line, especially given just how disparate the parts that are being used on the first and second are, wouldn't you want to use a group that is already perfectly comfortable with one another? And I wouldn't be nearly this desperate about it if I wasn't seeing significant regression from one player in specific. And it's weird because it's one of the players who is uniformly good. He has been a major part of the offense all year. It's Jared McCann. Jared McCann has been routinely the least impactful part of any line he's been on. And that's crazy because he's still scoring goals. Like he's still getting those opportunities. He's still showing that he has offensive flair, but he's routinely behind the play at every opportunity. It's so weird to see him struggle like this and yet not struggle, but it has put a drain on the players around him. That's kind of a problem when it feels like he needs to be part of the playmaking process, but the only part he's really good at right now is the goal scoring part. As for how to fix that, I guess you could maybe keep him on the second line and maybe stagger his starts a little bit, but still, he's a big part of the goal scoring threat and it's weird that he's having this much of a stumble backwards. I mean, I suppose we should all be a little aware that that could have happened because that's just how every player has been this year. Just about everyone has dropped precipitously in terms of shooting, but for him, it's not just unusual, it's a unique case. What do you do with a guy who's doing everything right, except for all the parts where he doesn't have the puck? I don't know, maybe this is just a bad streak he's on and he'll get himself back together. I just hope that the Jared McCann that we expect comes out of the All-Star break. Because I really don't want to know what the alternative looks like. Anyway, most recent game, not really much to say. They played the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Toronto Maple Leafs were going on a bit of a losing streak themselves. Both sides played a really low event game. Well, okay, the Kraken played a low event game. Oh, and now that I'm thinking about it, going back through this game, what was the Leafs' issue with Brandon Tanev? They were whooping up on that poor guy all night. They finally got a finable offense as Connor Timmins has to pay something to the tune of like, I believe it's like $2,300 for cross-checking Brandon Tanev. Still, I feel like there should have been at least a little bit more pushback on that because the Leafs are not a team that bothers with that kind of thing. You can absolutely take them out of their game, 
by playing that kind of game back at them. And it just kind of showed that they're waiting and hoping and praying for help because so far it's kind of on them to find the offense that these players that are out would have ordinarily brought. Cause like if you get a goal in the second period late in a two nothing game, but to spend the next 14 minutes of game time, almost the entire third period without a shot on goal, that's not enough. That's especially not enough against Ilya Samsonov, who has been awful through this calendar year. But honestly, they looked tired. They looked exhausted. But honestly, I don't know what else we could have expected. They made it closer than it probably should have been, and that's a moral victory, but still, they didn't have it. They didn't have much of the juice that would have otherwise got them back into that game. And there's no one to blame but Cole Sillinger and the flu. That's how it is right now. It's rough. Otherwise, I thought the McCann line did pretty well. That was a good thing for him. Jordan Eberle was the sole goal scorer. And of course, Joey Decord put up a 9-20. They really gotta start getting the wins on these. Because Joey Decord is playing out of his mind hockey right now. And it's just a shame that he's starting to run into the problem that Philip Grubauer did, where he would have good games, but they just didn't have the offense to support him. And again, none of that is his fault. Nor is it the fault of any of the skaters that were there. They're just missing critical pieces. And are likely going to continue doing so until after the All-Star break. Speaking of which, this whole week is about getting to the All-Star break. Nobody else can get hurt. Nobody else can get sick. They have a ton of winnable games coming up, so at the very least, you can get some decent points going into the All-Star break, so then you can start answering some big, tough questions. Starting with, of course, the Chicago Blackhawks. My honest review of the Chicago Blackhawks this year is that you may be tempted to see what they're going to do, what they're going to ice, now that they do not have a Connor Bedard in their lineup thanks to injury. My advice to you is to not look at that lineup. That lineup is actively radioactive. That lineup, if stared at too long, will begin to melt your face off of your head. So naturally, they just barely beat the Islanders and the San Jose Sharks over the past week. Somehow, the Blackhawks, with this roster, which you should not look at because it's bad for you, somehow had a better week than the Kraken did. Anyway, the Pacific Northwest teams will put a stop to that. I imagine that the Kraken will probably have a much closer game than we're expecting, but I'm expecting a win here. Next up, the Kraken take on the St. Louis Blues, and if you can believe it, it's on a Friday once again. This is the game I am the least sure about, Though it's not in a negative sense, because I just don't really know what the St. Louis Blues are. They are capable of winning, but they're just not very good this year, and I really don't know what else to say about them. They're capable of winning, they're capable of controlling a game, but the Kraken will have some of their talent back. And I don't know if a team in freefall like they've been currently has the talent to overcome those deficits. Anyway, I expect Yanni Gord and Vince Dunn to be back in the lineup for this game, so probably they should win. I just don't anticipate it being a blowout unless Jordan Bennington decides to have another meltdown. So by all means, Jordan, have a miserable day on Friday. And then, 
to cap off the weekend, you host the Columbus Blue Jackets. Again, the Columbus Blue Jackets are not a good team. They are an enormously poorly run organization that does not know how to evaluate its talent, but they've got enough talent to make it dangerous. They are eternally the league's trap game. I want no excuses. I want them to bury the Columbus Blue Jackets when they come to Climate Pledge. I want them to regret ever being born. I want them to regret ever being drafted by the Columbus Blue Jackets. You know what, never mind, that one's probably already happened. But I still want that win, so that they can go into the San Jose game, something that should be an automatic win, so that they can get to the All-Star break and we can finally get a little healthier. We will all be in a much better place when we get there. But on the bright side, if they want to start pulling up some guys from Coachella Valley, they will be hot as a pistol. Coachella Valley is 6-2-1 in their last 10, and they have rocketed all the way to second place in the AHL's Pacific Division. And who do you think has been part of a three-headed monster squad that has made life so difficult for the Calgary Wranglers and the Ontario Reigns of the world? That's right, Max McCormick. Him, Cam Hughes, and this uh, little-known prospect you may know of called Shane Wright have been an absolute problem for the AHL's Pacific Division. Their goal scoring goes McCormick with 16 goals in 38 games, Shane Wright with 15 goals in 38 games, and Cam Hughes with 12 goals in 38 games. As long as they keep the pace up, they are an almost shoo-in for the AHL playoffs once again. And given where they started, that is no mean feat. They absolutely charged up the standings as hard as they could to once again be at a position where they could be potentially a division favorite to go to the Western Conference Final. Congrats on the winning streak. Keep it up, boys. And as always, go birds that are on fire. In other prospect news, you'll never guess who is still leading the WHL, and I will never ever forgive Team Canada for leaving him at home. That's right, it's Jagger Furcus of the Moose Jaw Warriors. In a mere 39 games played, Jagger Furcus currently has 35 goals, 46 assists, good for 81 points. That is a pace of two points per game, and he has a measly 22 penalty minutes. This kid is on another level, and boy howdy, has this kid made Team Canada look like a bunch of rubes. No, I will not stop talking about that. This kid was amazing from the word go, and they refused to let him cook. Well, guess what? Now he's going to cook the WHL. That's on you, Team Canada. Also cooking in the WHL is Lucas Dragasevich. In 41 games as a defenseman, he has 33 points. That's pretty good for a defender. Caden Price behind him also has 33 points, although he does not have nearly the amount of goals. Still, these two are playing at a pretty good clip, and Jagger Furcus is, of course, on some kind of Super Saiyan run. Meanwhile, out east in the OHL, the Kraken have a pair of prospects that are fighting for the top spot in the OHL in terms of goal scoring. It's David Goyetti and Carson Rakop. Goyetti is currently ahead with 67 points. He's got 26 goals and 41 assists in 42 games. And Carson Rakop with the Rangers has 65 points. That is cut out to 37 goals and 28 assists. This is going to be a very interesting year for both prospects. I want to see who actually comes out on top. In general, I think we've got a pretty strong prospect pool here. 
Indeed, the future of the Seattle Kraken, even if you are a little impatient with the present, looks bright. Anyway, in broader NHL news, Corey Perry is back. We should all be very afraid for our team's long-term health. The infamous Pest has made his way to Edmonton. He was previously a Chicago Blackhawk until his contract was terminated due to something bad. We don't know exactly what. There was this bad rumor regarding Connor Bedard. Not a whole lot of people were tremendously happy with the way that that turned out. And given the kind of player that has been cycling through Edmonton, largely guys who just have very bad off-ice histories, I gotta wonder just what exactly the kind of due diligence that the Oilers are doing. But I assume that it's mostly just staring at stats and going, yeah, this guy, I think this guy's got what it takes. And then just signing the player. For what it's worth, I genuinely hope that Corey Perry has learned his lesson especially given that he is an older player, but I'm wondering whether or not he actually got the opportunity. Anyway, not looking forward to Seattle's next game against the Oilers. Hope they come out of it with no injuries and they beat them by 10. Welcome back to the division, you little rat. Anyway, coming out of the break, the Kraken will be able to play the Vancouver Canucks on the 22nd, but an old friend will not be there. Our dear friend Carson Soucy is out six weeks from an injury. He got it over the weekend, blocking a shot with his hand. Please, if you are a hockey player, use the armored part of your glove to block shots, because getting your hand shattered by a puck hurts. Obviously, we wish him all the best and hope he recovers at 100%, just not for games in which they're playing the Kraken. In other news, out of nowhere from the Long Island, the Islanders fired their coach and replaced him with Patrick Waugh. This came as the Islanders have been sliding a bit in the standings. Lou Lamorello did not give anyone any warning, which is pretty much par of the course for him. He is infamous for withholding information as a general manager. But the most interesting part of it is that he chose Waugh at all. Waugh was a well-known and well-beloved goaltender, but he is notoriously headstrong and very interested in keeping power. These, coincidentally, are also traits that Lou Lamorello has. So forgive me if I don't think that a notorious control freak and a notoriously stubborn man are going to have a long and fruitful relationship, but hey, you never know, maybe they will figure out a way for this whole experiment to actually work out after all. Lane Lambert's tribute act to Barry Trotz's coaching style of doing a lot with little mostly just ended up with them not doing a whole lot to begin with. Again, I really don't know what this will create. I think that Patrick Waugh's style is kind of antithetical to the way that Lou Lamorello actually likes hockey to be played. So I can only imagine that this is going to be a brief but eventful partnership. Unless Lou Lamorello is willing to say, okay, I will try to acquire guys who can skate, something that has been at a premium on the island. Anyway, good luck to him, I guess, because I don't know where this is going. Also, we've got some replacements for the All-Star game. Not that anyone necessarily cares, but we do have them. In place of Connor Bedard and Jack Eichel, who are injured at the moment, New York's Vincent Trocek and Winnipeg's Kyle Connor will get to play in their stead. Good for both of them. I'm still really not going to pay all that much attention to the All-Star game unless Oliver Bjorkstrand does something really cool. That is nothing against the players, 
that's just against the event. I've talked about it over and over again. I'm just not interested. Anyway, hope everyone has a good time and they don't get each other injured. So have fun at the All-Star Game, kids. I'm sure I will have the television on and I will glance up from whatever it is I'm actually doing. I think my goal during that time is to see if I can build a small computer for my mother. Anybody see those Fractal Ridge cases? They look really cool. And to end it out on some positive news, Oliver Shillington left the flames back in 2022 due to mental health concerns. And finally, he has come back and it seems like just about everyone believes that he is game ready. We heartily welcome him back to the game and we hope that he has a wonderful return when he is inevitably called to finally play. And I think that'll just about do it for Beneath the Frozen Sea tonight. As I'm sure you're more than aware, the Kraken are off today, but they will be playing tomorrow against the Chicago Blackhawks. It's going to be a good game. You absolutely should watch it. But before you watch it, please do me a personal favor and go on over and check out the recaps and previews over at DavyJonesLockerRoom.com. You can find Davy Jones Locker Room on social media at Twitter.com, at DavyJonesLR underscore. We are also on Blue Sky and Threads at the same address. And if you like what you're listening to, why don't you go on ahead and subscribe by whatever means that you get your podcasts. I know a lot of people come from Apple Podcasts. We know that there are other forms of podcatcher. So please, go on ahead and give us a subscribe. You'll be happy that you did. We will see you next week for a special episode where I, that's right, me, Sky, will spend almost the entire episode talking about what the Kraken could do at the trade deadline. It's going to be very interesting for them. After all, they have a lot of injuries, but also a lot of cap space. Anyway, I've kept you listening for long enough. My name is Sky. Thank you very much for listening. And as always, keep calm and post Zoidberg when we win. Go! Kraken. <laughs>